was writing these sort of things and he's just putting out like exactly what the establishment wants to hear. And so in scholarly terms, it's like he, you know, who pays the piper, right? Whoever pays the piper calls the tune. And that's what ends up happening in academia a lot of the time. And Sam Huntington represented that. It, later, when you have the move in the eight, eight, late 80s, early 90s towards uh, democracy promotion, okay, which is safer to pursue at this time because the uh, Washington consensus is so powerful and economic financial methods of control over these countries are so powerful that like it does if they can have democracy and it's not really threatening to U.S. interests, right? Um, because U.S. power is so strong. So the U.S. promotes democracy with the National Endowment for Democracy and other institutions. And Sam Huntington writes about this, calling it the wave of democracy and trying to explain democracy and how it comes in waves. And this is uh, leading to a good sort of happy future. So in a way, Huntington and Fukuyama both have this liberal telos, this liberal teleology where you have human progress moving towards neoliberal, uh, liberal, neoliberal democracy, neoliberalism and liberal democracy. And this is, this is going to be awesome. And Huntington goes on to write later uh, after the waves of democracy stuff, which is also, again, very useful to the establishment, just like political order and changing societies, just like his work with the Trilateral Commission. He goes on to write The Clash of Civilizations, which is, he's not a, not, he's not a neocon in a way, just sort of like Fukuyama's not a neocon, but then he is a neocon because the neocons are kind of everybody in the U.S. foreign policy establishment. Like Brzezinski's not a neocon exactly. He's known to like be sort of against these people on some issues, but like he's the guy that, came up with the arc of crisis plan to use Muslims in the Middle East to start to attack the Soviet Union and so on. So there's very little difference between the people who we would say are full on neocons and then sort of liberal realists. I guess Fukuyama is the kind of test case in this because he's been like a neocon, but then he's like, oh, I'm not a neocon. But like the, his changes in thinking are not really radical. He's not become an anti-establishment kind of person. He's just sort of shifted from one camp to the other, but he's totally dedicated to U.S. hegemony. So when Huntington writes Clash of Civilizations, this is this is the one you were speaking about where he is saying that the main issues are no longer about like economic systems and ideology like they were during the Cold War. The new conflicts are going to be about civilizational differences. And he points to China and Islam, I think, as the more significant ones. And I think there's some with Russia, too, but I don't remember exactly how he deals with it. There's first an article on this in Foreign Affairs, and then he turns it into a book. But uh, this is, of course, gearing up for the the war on terror that's coming up and so on. This is kind of like where the, the U.S. establishment is going. And Huntington was out there ahead of it, you know, uh, at the time. And this is sort of helping to seed the discourse for uh, for when the time when the time comes, when you have reasons for the U.S. to go and get more involved in these areas like Sam Huntington becomes really talked about, especially after 9-11. Um, and so Fukuyama is the fact that he would be an acolyte of Huntington really says a lot because it, it shows you how his career is very much attuned to going to where the establishment wants uh, scholars to go. And so he gets to be, in, you know, get appointments at great institutions like Huntington from Harvard. Huntington was a came from an old family, like a Mayflower family or something like that. Like this is a American uh, a, a white American dude from, from who was like there at the origin or the creation, or at least his ancestors were. So 
uh, Fukuyama obviously is uh, of Japanese uh, extraction, but you know, um, he's the Borg is more the foreign policy. Imperial Borg is more inclusive these days. Well, yeah. And of course, the Trilateral Commission, the reason it's called that is the trilateral element is the US, Europe and Japan. And that used to be referred to by anti-imperialists and especially economists like Samir Amin, one of the greatest Marxist anti-imperialist economists. They, they used to refer to that as the triad. And largely because of the uh, like the Kyoto Accords and like basically the kind of big bubble in the Japanese economy in the 1980s, the asset inflation bubble, Japan has never really economically recovered, largely because the U.S. kind of like partially waged war on Japan's economy. So Japan no longer represents that same kind of economic role that it used to play before. But that the Trilateral Commission in the 1970s, that was those were the three major hegemonic blocks that were dominating the world with, you know, three capitalist economies, the U.S., Europe and Japan. And I think that that essay or book that you mentioned, The Crisis of Democracy, is so important to keep in mind because it shows how it, and every, every, you know, every decade at every different kind of watershed moment in history when the political, the, the direction of the wind, political wind is changing. You can see people like Fukuyama and Huntington kind of change their tune a little bit and What's funny is now we'll, we'll go back to the series that Fukuyama is writing, honoring and praising the deep state. And back in the 70s, we saw that Huntington was warning and, and others in Trilateral Commission, again, created by Rockefeller, funded by, you know, big capitalist oligarch money. They were warning there was too much democracy in response to the civil rights movement, the feminist movement, the anti-war movement. There was a crisis of democracy being too much democracy. And now we're in a moment where... Fukuyama says, Trump poses this existential threat, therefore Trump attacks the deep state, but the deep state's good because the deep state is going to hold back people like Trump. And I, we should talk about a few things in, in this article series, but before that, I just want to show the masthead of this magazine where Francis Fukuyama is the chairman. It's called American Purpose. And they make it very clear what their goal is as an institution. They say they exist to defend and promote liberal democracy, and they claim they they lament that liberal democracy has come under attack on both the right and the left. And they also say their other goal is to strengthen U.S. hegemony and imperialism. They 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 say as the United States has stepped back from its long-standing role as leader of the world's liberal democracies. We have seen liberal democracy threatened by both authoritarian regimes and populist governments. This is something that Fukuyama has been really just ringing the alarm bell about a lot, saying that populism threatens democracy. Populism, populism. They always use that term populism, of course, because it's, it's very uh, ambiguous. It's kind of an inchoate concept that's never clearly defined. But I think it's more or less synonymous with, in their usage of it, it's, a st it's a synonymous with anti-establishment or anti-establishmentarianism, whatever you want to call it. Because like, it's basically like people who are anti-establishment on the right or left and that somehow they're the same. So we're just going to give them a name so that it's, a it's more or less a way to gas up the establishment if, you're just, if you've got a name to call everybody who's anti-establishment and say, that, oh, that's a thing and that's a bad thing. Yeah, I mean, there's been a kind of center-right neoliberal uh, orthodoxy that's been completely bipartisan since the 1980s unchallenged since the 1980s in both the U.S. and Europe. 
And if you challenge that center-right neoliberal orthodoxy, if you challenge it from the left or from the far right, they say you're a populist and therefore you're the same. So someone like Bernie Sanders, who's a center-left social democrat, he's seen as this radical figure because he's challenging the center-right establishment you know, political orthodoxy. And then, of course, you have the far-right Trump phenomenon, Viktor Orban, those people, Marine Le Pen, they're challenging the center-right establishment from even further right. So to, to these figures like Fukuyama, that's all just populism and it's dangerous. And of course, it, it involves too much popular enthusiasm. You, you should have democracy, but only have elections every four years. And then people should just go home and stop participating. That's basically their, their worldview. That was just an excerpt from the American Exception podcast. To hear the whole episode, as well as archived and new episodes, please subscribe to the American Exception podcast at Patreon. There's a link in the show notes, or you can just go to patreon.com slash American Exception. Subscribe and you can join us as we illuminate the dark side of the U.S. empire.